You're listening to Farm to Tabor. We're on part two of a two-parter with Chris Summers, Global Director of Safety for Mission Produce. We're going to talk workplace psychology. We're going to talk feelings and, because we have to, the blockchain. Any thoughts on blockchain? I can discuss generally, yes. Yeah. Um, so traceability is is a, a big thing, you know, and right now blockchain is, is really on the radar with everybody. Right. Uh, I know Walmart is really investing in blockchain and looking at their suppliers and saying, hey, this, this is really important that we do it. Um, and you've seen a lot of, um, of outbreaks recently, especially with the roaming. Yeah. Uh, and the difficulty that, that some of these regulatory bodies are having trying to track down the exact location uh, where that roaming was grown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then whether you use blockchain or you use your own in-house software or, or whatever programs you use, the program's only as good as the people entering the information. Mm-hmm. So you could have a stellar program like blockchain who, you know, is, no, no failures at all, and it, it knows exactly what it's doing. But if the human entering the information um, enters one digit incorrectly, the whole system is thrown off. So with us, we looked at blockchain, um, and we we looked at some of our our, our business partners and customers, um, and you know we're we're just not ready for it yet. Um, we have our own internal system, and again, it's as good as the person entering the, the information. Right. So we did have some some fruit go missing, and that just kind of reinforced it. You know, the, the person entering that information, like we discussed earlier, is doing this all day long, mm-hmm. and they're bound to push the wrong button or switch a couple digits around. Mm-hmm. And there has to be that flexibility in the system to find that error and adjust it. Right. Um, well, and I think even okay. even when we're talking like printers, or excuse me, stickers get printed out and we'll put stickers on products so it's all barcodes so there's no human entering of data for that aspect, but stickers still come off. Like anytime you go to a fruit warehouse, there's stickers that came off of stuff like all over the place and you guys are having to constantly clean them up. So um, if you don't have people in the facility who can look at a product and that may have had the sticker come off, like off of that box, you know, maybe in a pallet where all the other cartons have the sticker on, so you know they're in that same lot. But if you don't have like a little bit of that human judgment in there to catch things when uh, when there's like a small failure in the system, like stickers just come off, a box may fall off a pallet, and you have to decide to throw it away. Um, like you still need a lot of human judgment and intervention in those systems. And there's this kind of dream that everything can be fully automated. That like if you've actually worked in a warehouse, you're like, no, <laughs> there's no way for that to work. So. Right, and, and you know, machinery is fallible too. You know, mm-hmm. screws fall out every day. You know, things get get caught up. Um, humans as well. Yeah. It's really about having eyes on the system. Yes. And yeah, stickers fall off all the time. And in a grocery store, when you, you see the the person at at the the checkout counter ringing up the, the produce, if the sticker's not on there. They have a book to reference, right? Right, or they have it memorized. Yeah, yeah they've been there long enough. They've oh, that, that's this code easy. Um, well, you know, so they have a plan B in place. So any any company that that looks at traceability, or with any program, you've got to be able to implement a plan B. You know, power goes out, me- uh, mechanisms fail, 
technology fails, people fail. So what's the plan B? You can't just shut down because your main plan fails. You've got to have eyes on there and the ability to adapt. Right. Yeah, you need human supervision that is knowledgeable and, and capable and flexible. Yeah. Sure, like like anything. It's not just produce, but anything. You need you need humans who can think on their feet and, and make snap decisions to overcome any kind of trouble, whether it be human error or machine error. Right. Yeah, and I, I think the folks who do electronic medical record keeping are having the same issues right now. And I just I wanna sit some of it down and just say, Tell me about your griefs because I suspect we have a lot of the same ones. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I mean, punching numbers and entering data all day is laborious. And, you know, a lot of times people just, you know, when you're you're driving and you get to your destination, you're like, oh, how did I even get here? I don't remember. remember, (laughs) I mean, can you imagine entering, like, medical data or entering inventory numbers into a produce system for traceability? Man, your mind probably wanders. Yeah. And eventually, like, just your hands kind of take over and your brain's somewhere else. And sure, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah. You mentioned the the people and emotional side of running a food business. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, this is an interesting topic, and I love discussing this with people. Um, you know, a, a lot of people that work in the food business, whether it be restaurants, retail stores, or manufacturers, uh, growing, whatever, yeah. you know, they, they're doing their job and they don't think someone's actually going to put this in their mouth. <laughs> yeah. It all, like all the food you're handling just turns into stuff, you know? Yeah. I, it, it just doesn't cross your mind because you're not thinking that. You're thinking mm-hmm. doing your job and, and getting a quality product out there. Mm-hmm. But the knowledge that, hey, this is going in someone's mouth is actually pretty gross. <laughs> uh, you know, there are, there are very strict rules and there are people watching at some at restaurants and food facilities. Um, but, you know, how often do you, you know, scratch your head or you know, put your hand near your mouth or anything just during the course of the day? Mm-hmm. And, and then you touch a product that's going in someone's mouth. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite interesting um, to see behavioral issues or, or habits with people working at these facilities. Um, and it's, it's very sad and, and disheartening that we have outbreaks. Yeah. Um, but because of the social media and the news coverage of all of this, it's really come to light with employees who work at these facilities that, hey, I probably should be more careful because this is going on someone's dinner plate. Right. And people are getting sick. People have died because of some of these things. Um, maybe I should wash that cutting board or maybe I shouldn't pick something off the floor and put it back in the box. Maybe. Um, so, <laughs> Food safety is actually becoming more and more um, kind of in the forefront with employees, not just in, in the, the customers and the regulatory sector. The, the employees are becoming more aware that what they do is actually affecting families. Yeah. And w- when I do trainings and a lot of other you know, professionals do trainings, we go out there and we say, food safety is important because everybody and this avocado or this whatever it is could be eaten by your baby right. or by your grandma or by your mom or brother or your family. And what would happen if you knew somebody intentionally or accidentally coughed on it or 
it fell on the floor and they put it back in. Yeah. Would you still eat that if you knew it? Yeah. And you, and you know, when they hear that, they kind of, you see their eyes kind of, you know, go, go up towards the left side of their, their sockets there, like they're thinking. It's like, oh, <laughs> wow. wow, yeah, that we do eat avocados in my house, and we do eat this, this product. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and... um you know, there, there's kind of like the frontline stuff with the folks directly doing the handling and kind of that awareness side of things. And then there's also like, you know, I think anybody who's worked in fast food or just, you know, um, <laughs> just any kind of frontline roles has kind of experienced that some jobs, the workplace is, is fairly well run. And then in other places, it's like you're on Survivor and like there's crazy workplace politics, like over the most petty stuff. And it interferes with clear lines of communication. And so there's that's like a whole other layer of stuff that management needs to do is kind of like make sure that people are focused on their jobs instead of like playing Survivor, you know, at work. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I feel for those people who do work at like fast food or restaurants, if they make a mistake or food falls on the floor, you know, not only do they have to redo it, but mm-hmm. now they have an angry customer. Yeah. You know, yelling, where's my food? And, you know, <laughs> they have the line is building up through the drive-thru. Yeah. And they just get constant pressure from all sides. Quick is, is excellent. We need it quick. Just get it done. Get these people through the line. Um, and, you know, it, it's, if, if they have that mindset, then food safety kind of goes out the window and it's, hey, we just need to throw it out there. I don't care if it's on the floor. Put it in the, put it in the wrapper and go. Right. Um, so they're, they're really getting a lot of pressure. And it, it's unfortunate that we don't try to put food safety at the forefront. And, and I understand. I, yeah, I'd probably end up being in the same way if I were running fast food. We're saying, hey, there's a line. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Um, but... It's just instilling that within trainings or, or however you can get it across that this is going in someone's mouth and it <laughs> may actually be your family. Right. Any good stories you want to share that you feel like are really a good teaching moment or they're just funny is good. Uh, you know, I, I've been in this industry about 20 years now um, and I've, I've never seen anything that just gives me nightmares. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I've heard of, of things like that, but it's, it's, you know, it could be urban legends and stuff. Right. Um, so I, I, I worked with a lot of excellent people from, from the people in the ranches uh, doing the harvesting or doing the planting and going through warehouses and distribution centers, um, even to grocery stores, talking with produce managers. Everybody wants to do a great job. Uh, and and they, nobody wants people to get sick or, or die either. So people are conscious about food safety and bacteria and all that stuff. Um, it's just always constantly reminding them. And you know, when you have those teaching moments, take advantage of those and you'll see the aha moments. Um, yeah. And the, the, oh yeah, that's right. You know, it's not just speed. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any great stories to tell like that. <laughs> right. um, but throughout my 20 years in the industry, I really haven't seen anything that just grosses me out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I would say overall the food industry is doing a, a, a fairly good job. Um, there's a lot of regulations and everything that come up that we're constantly adapting to, and things will fall through the cracks. Um, 
you know, with, with the latest uh, romaine outbreaks, you know, whether it's irrigation or fertilizer or practices, um, yeah. you know, people people just have to pay attention and really, really do what's in the best nature of, of the public rather than just trying to get product out the door. And I think when, when people start recognizing that, uh, we'll have better quality products uh, and safer products altogether. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, man, I've seen some stuff that makes me wonder, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going as, as an auditor, yeah. uh, and you know a lot of times you're you're digging through stuff. You know, you're you're finding those skeletons, whereas you know that the normal person, if I can say that, would is just kind of walking through and looking at things. Right. I mean, your job is is to find um, some of those scary things and to yeah. you know reprimand them and say this is not acceptable <laughs> yeah most of it's not like anything you have to dig for like you walk in and you see it or you smell it and you're like huh nope <laughs> uh, yeah good stuff well no it's just yeah um it's really interesting because the thing that stuck out to me the most that really makes the difference between a railroad facility and one that scares you is like it's not size and it's not even age of the facility, although having newer facilities definitely helps. Um, there's just less stuff breaking, so less to do to keep up with it. The thing that really makes a difference isn't any of those things you would think it is. It is just uh, the attitude of management. It's like, do we, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you know, give a shit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and a lot of it's like kind of their attitude towards employees, because you talked about how a lot of it is communicating and really kind of putting yourself in your employees' shoes and what are they concerned with? What are their pressures that they're dealing with? And so a lot of it is just really honestly kind of based on empathy with your workers and being able to stick yourself in their shoes and see what they're seeing. And a lot of folks can't do that. And that is what screws up a facility, which is really interesting to me. That, that's very true. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. all emotional. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love what I do. So I come to work and I get to do food safety. Yeah. A lot of companies may have the attitude where they have to do food safety. Right. And, and that lends itself to, you know, not paying attention and just following regulations and not, not trying to do the good, the, the good thing, just having to do the good thing. When you put, like you said, it would be excitement and the, and the energy behind it, man, you are not only going to meet the regulations, you're going to blow past those regulations and you're going to have a stellar product. Right. And that's something actually I feel like you see a lot more of in California. You'll see it sometimes out here as well, but California really has a lot of folks who understand that regulations are not the goal. They're kind of the starting point. Um, they're kind of like your bare minimum bar must be this tall to ride. And if you really want to cover your bases, you need to, you know, do some other things in addition to that. And it's funny because I think there's a lot of media out there about how, like, California agriculture is terrible and predatory. And, like, yeah, the water politics are messed up. But um, <laughs> there's so much professionalism out there in other areas. And I really wish that we could kind of see that side and learn the good stuff from that. Um, in addition to maybe kind of dealing with the water politics. So that's, I don't know, that's kind of something I would like to do is just get some of that professionalism known in other places. It's kind of localized and locked up in California right now. 
Yeah, if, if you if you remove water and labor, um, you generally have a friendly industry. Yeah, then everything's uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> in California, I can't speak outside of California because all my experience is here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody knows what each other are doing. We're all kind of side by side, literally in the fields. Um, and it's one of my missions here is, um, you know, food safety is not competitive. Um, if, if, so I'm in, uh, say I'm in avocados, if a, a direct competitor of mine um, has an outbreak, a foodborne illness, people are going to stop buying avocados altogether. Right, that hurts They're you. They're not going to say, well, it's just their company. They're going to say, no, it's avocados. Right. Um, look at the, the, the last romaine outbreak. Um, they were saying, stop eating romaine. Mm-hmm. We don't care where it was produced. Stop eating it. And so it really behooves companies to get together at food state and say, hey, look, I know you're my competitor. That's great. But we're all in the same commodity. Let's secure this commodity so that we can both make money and keep people safe from eating it. Right. Like keep a clear space so you can both do what you need to do. <laughs> sure. And yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, that's um, out here. It's a little bit different. We were doing a lot of first timer food safety audits this year just because like the the Food Safety Modernization Act is rolling out. So people are like, well, I got to do food safety now. I might as well get an audit. So we had a lot of first timers and there were so many people putting water on product without any antimicrobial, like so many. And I couldn't believe it. Um, Just to catch any listeners up who may be like, why why is that a problem? you know, a few years ago, we had that listeria outbreak with cantaloupes, and uh, that was caused by, we're just going to put water on, on the fruit to keep it cool, but they weren't putting any chlorine in it. So if you had one dirty melon, it would walk, rub off on all the other melons through the water. So anytime you have product getting wet or getting water put on it, you just want to have like a little bit of chlorine in that water or a little bit of like, uh, there's some organic um, antimicrobials out there as well. And uh, you want to have a little bit of that just to keep it from spreading around. And so many people this year didn't realize that was a thing they should be doing, and it was it's crazy making anyway. Sure, you know, food, food safety is, is new to many people, um, especially as companies grow and actually become, you know, big players in the industry. Right. And, you know, they may not have the experience or the knowledgeable person on staff to say, hey, just putting water on something not a good idea. <laughs> Rather, they think, well, I'm washing it because at home, I turn the water on and, and throw you know, my produce through there and then I, I cut it. Um, so they're, they're trying to do good. Right. Um, but because of the lack of experience, maybe of biology and chemistry and then know how bacteria spread and um, how water isn't necessarily safe, um, they're, they're they're just not going deep enough or having that expertise to, to know what they're doing isn't right. Right, yeah. Well, there's, uh, I think the, the research shows us that just rinsing something with water can remove roughly 99% of the bacteria, which sounds amazing uh, if you're washing one piece of fruit at home in your sink. But if you're washing a big tank full of fruit, that just means 99% of it is now on the other fruit. 
and it didn't help. Right, if you have a flume or a pool, sure, you, you, you're just soaking it in bacteria. Right, yeah. I was like, this is not what we want. So, and it, it was just so crazy because in 2011, that outbreak was such a big deal, and it's hard to understand how anybody in history might have missed it, but if they were a really small player back then, they kind of had this, like, well, I'm just a mom and pop, so I don't need to worry about that stuff. And now they're finally paying attention to it. They could have missed it, so. Right. right. <sighs> I'd like to see us get to a point where we consider uh, post-harvest washes like a bathtub mm-hmm. instead of a sink. Because mm-hmm. a sink drains. A bathtub, yeah. you're just kind of soaking in your own filth. Right? <laughs> yeah, but it feels so good. <laughs> I'd like to see that out there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually a good way to think of it. I like that. We're going to make that a thing. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think uh, I think that covers what we wanted to go over. I think this was really helpful, I think, to a lot of listeners to kind of see how we deal with stuff in the industry. So, Yeah, I'm happy to share and bring light to food safety, even to my competitors. And, you know, we, we all want to go home um, safe and eat good food, so let's make sure... Uh, we don't get any bacteria or illnesses out of it. Yeah, heck yeah. Well, thank you. And, um, oh, I still got to follow up with you about that Consumer Reports guy. I think every time he's about to go out there, some other outbreak happens. <laughs> so he's got to write about it. <sighs> well, let's hope he doesn't come out here for an outbreak. Yeah, let's let's hope that doesn't happen. Oh, man. Hopefully they figure out Romaine. I'd love to speculate with you sometime about what's going on there, but, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be on air. Thank you, Chris. So those are some great thoughts on keeping a food company together at scale and on keeping your avocados from doing that sudden death thing that they love to do. Thanks so much for listening. If you are enjoying Farm to Taper, please feel free to follow us for more sweet podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud, and you can check us out on Patreon for bonus content. And don't forget to eat avocados.